When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, exclusive episode 33. Today's episode is all about getting your career back on track. It's not about the job. It was never about the job. It's about the big picture of who we are. So we're going to try things. Sometimes they will work and sometimes they won't. And sometimes you think you're going to fail and you may fail. But the next thing, it's going to lead you to something better because every bad thing that's ever happened to me has led me to something better. And you just... Go with it and learn and grow as a human being. So when I quit my job to write that first book and it was getting rejected, at least I knew I was learning something and trying something. And when you start to look at your life as a collection of experiences that are growing you as a human being, you start to realize it's not about the job. It's about the time you have here on earth and how you are using it to deep yourself as a good human being. If your career has fallen off track recently, or you're just not feeling it anymore, you're not alone. For some, maybe you were laid off or your work structure looks different now. For others, maybe this whole global crisis thing has caused you to reevaluate some things. And I get it. All of that, this whole journey, can be terrifying. It's already scary enough just watching the world change. But then, trying to figure out where you fit into that world is just an added layer. Are my skills becoming less relevant? Will I be replaced by robots? Or worse, Gen Xers? (laughs) Just kidding. I've always tried to be pretty forward-thinking when it comes to my investments of self, so to speak. I chose to run cross-country and track in high school because it was a skill that I could take with me forever without relying on a team. I got really into yoga because I liked that I could practice it anywhere with no equipment. And I decided to teach myself digital marketing way back in 2009 because it seemed pretty clear that the internet wasn't going anywhere, so it would be a skill that I could use throughout my life, really no matter what I decided to do. I didn't know how I'd make money yet, I just knew there was potential. And you know what? I am really glad that I did. It is a very versatile skill set that I've been able to apply to a lot of different markets. I remember sitting with a group of friends in college and we were talking about what we wanted to do with our lives. And most of them were looking at a list of careers with their respective salary potentials and basically choosing based off of their major. Whereas I was thinking, what jobs are just emerging? Or what jobs don't exist yet, but probably will in a few years? I've always thought a little bit differently than my peers. And what I'm hearing from a lot of you is that maybe you've been working in the same field for decades, or maybe you got a great job right out of college or high school, and that one field is all you know. So the idea of losing it is terrifying. The idea of having to explain that you lost a job is terrifying. The idea of looking for a job with everything else going on in the world is terrifying. I mean, how do I even market myself? Is my experience relevant? What if I don't have a degree? I'm going to let you in on a little secret. As someone who now hires for things, I don't really care if someone has a degree. I don't even really care how many years of experience they have. 
I just want someone who is a forward thinker or who has good ideas and is willing to learn. I want someone like me when I was just starting out. I was the kind of person who would peruse forums and take online courses and dive into new platforms to spot patterns and trends. I'm still that way. So for all of you who feel like your career has been totally derailed or maybe you made the wrong choice right out of high school, did you know that it takes on average of 17 years to update curriculum? Yeah, you might get some golden goose professor here and there who does things her own way, but that is not typical which means that a lot of the info that you're learning in college or to get that degree is already outdated. Plus, I don't really want rigid thinkers who think they know it all coming into my company. I want someone who's going to fit in with the team and respect my processes while offering improvements. I want someone who's going to come to me and say, hey, I've been noticing that more companies are doing X, Y, and Z, and I think applying it in this way to our company is worth exploring. Or I want someone who will say, hey, I really think this course that I found would be a good investment. I know a little bit about this area, but I think a deeper knowledge would really round out my skill set. I can have the course finished in two weeks and then I'll be ready to apply what I've learned. Like I said, I don't need someone who already knows it all because our world is constantly changing. Business is constantly changing. Trends are changing. So I would rather have somebody who has an eye for that and who's willing to continuously learn than someone who comes in and thinks they already know everything right here, right now. And whether that person is straight out of high school or has been working on their skills for 20 years doesn't really matter as much to me because I like how their brain works. Basically, I want people who can adapt and who are willing to grow in all areas of life. But if you've never worked this way, this isn't as easy as it sounds. If you love the familiar, stretching yourself outside of that feels hard. If you've had one job that has been safe and secure, or at least seemed that way until now, going out and searching for a new one is enough of a challenge. And marketing yourself in a new way can feel like you're pretending to be someone that you're not. So how do you take what you know and adapt it to what employers are actually looking for these days? Well, that's what we're talking about today. Whether you feel boxed in or pushed out of your career and you're wondering how to adapt, or you're discouraged or losing hope in the future because you're out of work, or you're just ready to make a big change, this episode is for you. And now let's welcome Fawn Germer to the show. Well, how are you today, Melissa? I'm great. But what about you? How did you come to focusing on helping people get their careers back on track? Well, you know, I'm a women's leadership speaker and, and a gender leadership speaker. I shouldn't say that because over half of my business has always been with men in there, too. But I was at a women's leadership conference. And after it ended, these very, very senior women in American business, and these are people you read about in 50 Most Powerful Women, the um, Wall Street Journal, and they started having some wine and talking about what was happening to their careers. And I started hearing some people that were, these these were women like between 50 and 55, starting to get sidelined and some feel like they're being pushed out. And I thought how odd it was that they sound so much like my friends and my neighbors. And that there seems to be something that happens that, you know, hit 45 where you're not quite the fresh new thing. 
and careers can really sputter out. And I thought, wow, that's a great book. I'm going to write a book on age discrimination and how it's destroying all these careers. And being a journalist, I, I don't make this stuff out of my head. I go and interview people and I talked to about 300 CEOs, senior executives, academics, workplace consultants, lawyers, and professionals to find out what the story is on what's going on there. And while there is a degree of age discrimination, it's something so much bigger and it hits people whether they are in their mid fifties or in their mid twenties. And so this is really important stuff. If you want to have a career that's going to sustain you from beginning to end. And when I got hooked up with St. Martin's press, the editor said, doesn't this hit hard also for people who take a time out to raise their children and then go back after a period of time or um, travel or take care of a loved one. And, and it's all the same thing. So the issue isn't that you've taken a time out and it isn't that you got older, although there are biases about that. It's that people who make it are consciously chasing one characteristic that will make you successful if you've always got it. And that is relevance. That it's the people who say, I am on top of my game. I'm going to keep doing what I do. Those are the people that are going to get forced out or forced to the side. And that sounds surprising, but companies are no longer interested in stocking their employee roles with people who are the best person for the job today. They want the person who's going to be the best person five years from today. So that if you are consciously taking classes online and learning about the technology and the changes that are going to impact your industry and your job before anybody mentions it at work, you are a very valuable employee and it doesn't matter what age you are or anything else. You have to be relevant. I can attest to that 100%. And it's funny because I was just responding to a question from one of my listeners the other day who was saying, oh my gosh, my career has been derailed. I can't really keep up with other applicants. I don't have a college degree. And so my response was, well, as someone who hires for those things, I am actually less interested in the number of years of experience that somebody has versus the level of skill that they have and what new things that they're learning right now to keep up with the new trends. What would really impress me is if someone came in and said, hey, I've been observing these trends in this area and I think it could be applied to your business in this way. Or even somebody within my company that would say something like, hey, I don't know a ton about this area, but I see that it's trending or I see that it could be helpful. So I found this course and I think it could be a good investment for our company. That is like my dream employee because that's the kind of person that I am. Right. Insatiable curiosity will carry you to the finish line. And I interviewed Zach Friedman, who's an innovator for Nationwide. So his whole thing is he's in innovation. And we started talking about the clash between a lot of baby boomers and millennials. And because when millennials got to the workplace, the boomers were like, well, you are not behaving properly and show some respect. And it doesn't work like that. And, but the millennials were really smart and they were able to deliver more with their thumbs than a, a boomer with their whole body. And then these boomers are getting the most you know, money that of anybody in the whole office and they're not justifying it. And so that was a problem. And so, but Zach summed this up. He says, look, you can have 30 years 
of irrelevant experience. And a millennial can have two years of relevant experience. And in that case, the millennial is the expert. And that is exactly what we have to realize is that nobody cares what you did in the past. It's a sad thing. You aren't going to get the same respect that you once did for having a storied career. They don't even care how well you're doing right now. It's what are you doing tomorrow? And it is so easy to get caught up. And there is so much learning available, especially you can take free courses from Harvard and Yale and and Oxford on on Coursera or edX.org. And you can take these classes for free and learn so much that will make you more valuable in your job today. Or if you're not working, and it's really important that unemployed people do this, you can gain new skills by just taking these free classes in your spare time. So why not do it if you're off? It wasn't always like this, though. It used to be the old way. The way that we're saying is basically outmoded now. So what do you think's changed so much that we're now looking for this type of relevance, whereas it wasn't as important before? Well, it's the speed of change. So it used to be that you'd go to college and you'd come out with a skill set that likely would take you from college to retirement. You might have to learn a few things along the way, but pretty much you knew what you were going to need to know. Now the life cycle of a skill is, they're saying generally about five years, and soon they expect it to be two years. So your skills are constantly becoming outdated. And so that's what has created this need to to keep upskilling so that you're not counting on old methods to do jobs that, that they can't do. And there was an Oxford University study a few years back that estimated within 10 years, 47% of our current jobs won't exist. And they'll be replaced by artificial intelligence or, or other electronic means, robotics. And, and so if that's the case, what are you doing to make yourself valuable if your current job doesn't exist the way it did? And, you know, there's so many examples of, of that. I mean, if, if a car is going to be able to drive itself, think what that's going to do to Uber. And if, you know, they're automating with artificial intelligence, a lot of the things that paralegals do. And, and so the skills that are required for a human are, are diminishing. So what in your field can you do with what's going to be left? So if you're studying trends and are saying, oh, this is coming, I see this opening, and then you just get that education and be the first one to have it, you're very valuable. But if you are there and you're a longtime loyal employee, and you really have to think about this because it doesn't happen until you don't expect it. So you've been this loyal employee and you're delivering day in and day out, and it just doesn't even occur to you that they don't think you're valuable. But look at your paycheck. And if you're making more than the younger people in the office, say you're making twice as much, you better be delivering twice as much. And odds are, if you haven't done that work to upskill and learn new things, you're not delivering twice as much. So then you're expendable. Now, the good news is that once you start to understand how things are changing, it's not hard to get caught up. It seems very intimidating. There are people who really don't understand what social media is really doing. And it's not that hard to learn that. And things like like blockchain that was a concept that was really hard on me, that a bit of data travels. And it was like, well, wait, they do that with supply chain. And I was trying to figure out what the heck is blockchain. And Melissa, I 
kept looking at all these YouTube videos to understand it. And I couldn't understand it until I found a YouTube video on how to teach blockchain to a six-year-old. And I watched that video and I was like, oh, so then I could watch the next and the next. And then suddenly I understood it. So it's really important that you go through and say, what do I need to know about how blockchain, machine learning, big data, artificial intelligence, and all of these trends for the future, how are they going to impact my industry, my company, and me? And you ask those questions ahead of time so that you're not responding to change, but driving it. Right. I like to remind myself that something's not hard. It's just unfamiliar. And so I need to find a way to familiarize myself with baby steps, kind of how you learned blockchain by understanding how they teach it to a six-year-old, I feel like I did that exact same process. When I was first trying to understand what blockchain was, I remember watching some video and it was like a jumble of words that didn't make sense. I felt like I was listening to a foreign language. So it feels like overload, like something I'll never understand. But then when you start to get the building blocks and you have something to step onto, then the next layer makes sense. And then the next layer makes sense. But a lot of people will go into something and see a bunch of things that they don't understand and immediately give up and just say, oh, my brain doesn't work like this, or I will never understand this. Well, your brain doesn't work like this yet because you don't have those neural connections. Create one neural pathway and then another one will happen and then another one will happen. And then pretty soon you're fluent in it. Yeah, you're singing my song. I mean, that is absolutely the case. It's the more you do it, the more you do it. And really, in a few months of concentrated effort, you can get caught up on everything you need to get caught up on. You need to also read the right things so you know what's happening. So you read Fast Company and Inc. and Wired and the Wall Street Journal and just check in with them on their websites. And that doesn't mean you read every boring article in the world, but read the headlines. And if something seems important or interesting, then read the article. The more you can talk about these things in your daily work life, the more they realize you're studying them and that you're current. And that's really important is that your brand needs to be all about being current, future driven and relevant. When we just immerse ourselves in a topic for long enough, I think we naturally start recognizing the patterns, which are the trends that we need to start becoming aware of. So for me, one thing I started looking at was if your job is mechanical or repetitive, or you're just doing the same things and you can imagine a robot taking over, it probably will. But the moment that you start adding creativity, that becomes a lot more difficult to replicate. And so with anything that I'm doing, there's plenty of repetitious stuff that I still have to do. But I stop to think, okay, well, where is the creativity? And where do I need strategy here? And the more that I focus on that, it's like my brain starts to see those things automatically. And as an added bonus, I'm able to see where I can possibly outsource things in my business. And I have spoken with so many people that say, well, I am just not a creative person. But I firmly believe that everybody is creative. They just haven't really worked that muscle yet. It reminds me of a time like 10 years ago, I made a New Year's resolution one day because I felt like I had lost my creativity and I wanted to get it back. So I decided that I was going to buy all the furniture for my new apartment from thrift stores or Craigslist or something like that. And revamp them all. And so I was looking at these things on Pinterest and I was like, well, how do people even think of this stuff? My brain doesn't work this way. 
So at first, I just started copying them. But after the third or fourth piece of furniture, I was coming up with my own ideas, and I remember actually thinking, okay, so my brain does work this way. It just needed a little juice to get it flowing. So it is totally something that can be cultivated. Well, no, but it's not only cultivated. We forget we used to have it. Think about how creative and innovative you were when you were a kid. Like a little kid, you know, uh, my, my friend's son came to him with a bowl and he'd put three blocks in it and said, here's your soup, daddy. You know, it, it's kids see things that don't exist. And then we kind of beat that out of them by re- giving them too much reality and they lose that creativity. But studies show everybody was an innovator when they're a child, everybody. And then it slowly gets taken and given away and given away. And then, you know, then they people fall in line and, and grow into who they're going to be, except those few people who are always innovative and creative. Well, if it was there before, you need to do something to stimulate that side of the brain. And it does do exactly what you're talking about. I love that story about the furniture. For me, when I start thinking in, in the lines too much, I let go of writing my nonfiction and I start a fiction project because that's all coming out of my imagination. And when I start, it's really hard for me to come up with plots because I'm more linear. And But then once I get into it and I force myself, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen to this person? What's the best thing? What's their motivation? What could we lead this to? And then you let go of it. Your brain will do wonderful things. So if you take that skill that you've already got and haven't used and apply it at work, again, you're golden. So recently I decided to start doodling again because I used to do it all the time when I was younger. And I'm just trying to think of ways that I can stay in flow or work with my hands in some creative way because I know it's so beneficial. But I was doodling and it's funny because I noticed all of this negative self-talk just judging my own doodling, (laughs) wondering why I'm even doing it because it looks horrible. I don't know how to do this anymore. I lost my skill, all of these things. But thankfully, I was already expecting this. I knew thoughts would come up that felt like self-judgment. And I knew I would have to get past these little blocks if I wanted to recapture this skill that I used to have. And so I needed to intentionally or deliberately counteract these negative thoughts. I'm not selling my doodles. Nobody cares what they look like. Nobody even needs to see them. If somebody does see it, they're not going to think less of me because this random cartoon ice cream cone that I drew doesn't look that good. (laughs) But I think sometimes we're so afraid to even try something that we haven't tried before because we think that we're not good at it. But of course you're not good at it because you've never tried it before and you're not giving yourself time to practice. Totally agree. And I took a class in innovation through MIT. Again, one of those free classes online. Sounds pretty impressive, right? But it was a class in innovation in, uh, I think I did it through edX. And I learned a ton. And I went in that thinking, I've got to get, you know, pass this test. And I'm writing my notes really carefully. And then at some point it hit me, you know, fun you have a master's degree. You don't need the credit or the grade. Just get the information. And when I let go and didn't care, I I really didn't care whether I got good grades on the tests or not because I didn't need it. Then I really looked at the information for what it was, which is something as a gift to myself to make me more relevant. 
And so when I tell people take these classes, you don't need to worry about the grade. It's the information. What do you think is the biggest mistake that people make that is unknowingly tanking their own careers? Oh, it's that they think they're immune from the problem. And oh, here's the worst. They see a change coming or they see a bad boss or they see trouble and they go, I'm just going to keep my head low or I'll just wait this one out. Well, that makes you expendable right then and there. So that that would be one. Um, then also it is that that stubbornness to not constantly seek new information and opportunities to grow. And then another one would be really crappy networking because your network is going to save you when you hit a wall. But a lot of people go out and they go to networking events and they shake the person's hands and then they send nice formal emails and they go from there, their business acquaintances. And your job in networking is to go make friends. It's if you're going to network me, you need to know that I am madly in love with my pit bull. I am a passionate kayaker. I live in Florida. I'm a big swimmer. I watched Thursday night Grey's Anatomy for a ridiculous number of years. We don't need to go that deep into that. <laughs> oh my gosh, me too. And people are like, wait, that's still on? Yeah, it's not even any good and I still watch it. But it's like if you know about somebody as a human being, you then become their friend and then that is a networking source that you can leverage. And another thing about networking right now, and I'm just kind of on a riff here, so stop me if you want. It, it's we're all home right now, right? We've got COVID. And I hear people say, oh, can't do any networking. This is the easiest networking you are ever going to be able to do. You have time to make new contacts through LinkedIn, but you also have people who are at home with nothing to do. And I am touching base with all of my people that I meet, right? And I say, hey, let's do wine and Zoom. And I know we're all sick of the Zoom thing, but it really works with networking because people aren't doing anything. And you group a few good people together and you get a good energy there and it's fun. And then you figure out what you need to know and how you're going to leverage that to help each other. Networking is really easy right now. Right, because nobody has expectations for anything more than <laughs> you might be willing to give as an introvert. Right. I know, I fell off the Zoom train for a while. I was like, I've done too much Zoom. I'm going to save that for business. And then I realized I had somehow just started associating casual Zoom calls with wine nights. <laughs> and I was pregnant, so I wasn't making this association anymore. But when I realized that, I, I started reaching out again. <laughs> I think the problem with the Zoom thing is that you can't multitask, right? It's when you're on a conference call, it gets boring. You can go look on Amazon or TMZ. But when someone's staring at you, you have to pay attention. <laughs> So what if somebody is in their career currently, they are kind of taking this episode as a red flag that they need to make a change. Where do you recommend that they start with leveling up their skills? Should it be within their own lane or should they be spotting trends? Should they spread out their skills or do you have any tips for that? Well, definitely. The first thing they have to decide is do they like their lane? If they like where they are, then it's really easy. You do say you're in the insurance industry. You Google trends in the insurance industry. Right? It's a good place to start. And it will tell you what's coming. And then you just try to figure out where you're going to get the information to help you prepare for that trend. 
So definitely that is a, a great place to start is, is to pick what's coming. If it's not doing it for you anyone, you know, you want to make a change, you have to start looking at other potential fields. And so you just do a little research on that and take some classes. And I believe that the universe gives you all the information you will ever need. I absolutely do believe that because every time I have hit the wall, I get the information and I know what change I need to make. And the biggest example of that was when I was trying to figure what I was going to do after leaving journalism to write my first book. So I'd been a journalist since I was 15 years old. The only thing I ever wanted to do, but I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do forever. And I quit to write my book and it wouldn't sell. Now, Perseverance made that an Oprah book and a bestseller and all of that stuff, right? But there I am feeling like an total, complete loser and can't figure out what kind of a job I'm going to get. And someone says to me, just as an aside, she goes, you know, you ought to think about being a professional speaker. And I said, you get paid to do that? And she goes, oh, yeah, they make good money. And I looked into it. And sure enough, they made good money. So I decided I'm going to learn how that industry works. And that led me to the greatest, most fun second career ever. And no investigative reporter becomes a motivational speaker. That doesn't happen because they're too cynical. So it would never have come to me, but the message came in from the universe. So I think you get a lot of prompts from the universe. The other thing I want to tell people is, especially since a lot of them are, are having difficulties right now, is hang in there because you will get the information you need if you're paying attention. But the other thing is if you don't know what to do, just take the next step, do one more thing. And then one more thing. I hear that inside my head every time I don't know what I should do next. It's just do something. And no career is a straight shot up into the stratosphere. If anybody says it is, they're lying or they're getting ready for a big crash. But it goes up, it goes down a little, up and down a little. And so it's on you to find the way to, to right the ship. And that happens when you just do the next thing and the next, and the next, with the confidence that you're going to get where you need to go. And I, I always use walking as a really good metaphor, because I like to go do long beach walks. And I, for some reason, I was born with really clunky feet, okay? it's If I'm going to walk 10, 13 miles, my feet are going to be in a lot of pain. Doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. I do it a lot, but it's going to be painful. And sometimes I'll be walking, and I have a long way left to go, and I just remember, take the next step and then the next, because when you go left, right, left, right, sooner or later, you get where you need to go. And it's the same thing when you hit the wall in a difficult time like this. Do the next thing. Make a list of five things you can do. Put on that list. Take a class. Spend some time networking on LinkedIn. Read a book about LinkedIn. I mean, you know, whatever. Put the things on your list. And do the next thing because you will get through this. The people who do not get past their difficulties are the ones who give up. And especially when others are frustrating and giving up, we have tremendous opportunities to succeed. I, I believe our greatest opportunities come when other people are frustrated. You know, my first book, when it finally came out, came out the day before 9-11. My tour was canceled and it looked like it was destined for disaster. And I kept taking the next step and taking the next step. And that book became an Oprah book. Remember, it had been rejected everywhere. And it became an Oprah book, 
not because that's the best book I ever wrote, because I think my second book was better, but because all the other authors who had had their books released at the same time just gave up. So there was this huge opportunity for those who didn't. And you always have to remember that. Keep moving forward and you don't let negativity come to you because you can surround yourself with people who are also struggling. And that that's not a good idea. I know you want to be a good friend to your fellow, you know, misery people, right? The people who are miserable. But the more you hear that struggle in their voices, the more you're going to hear that in your own. So you have to take charge of that and say, I will make my way through this. The people who get through it are the ones who make up their mind and say, I'm not done and just take the next step. I used to make two mistakes when I was basically trying to figure out my life. The first is that I would look at the next steps together as this big overwhelming thing. And all of a sudden it would seem impossible. And when I realized, okay, no, just set the goal, almost like setting your GPS destination, and then zoom back in and realize the next turn is a right turn and then the left turn and only focus on that. Because if I'm looking at how to get from here to Maine and trying to memorize all the steps in between, it's going to be overwhelming. So yes, know where you're going, but then forget all of that and only focus on the next step. The second big mistake I would make was basically believing that my doubts were valid. giving them too much weight and believing because I had this emotion tied to it that it must be true because I've never done something like this before or I heard this negative story from someone or I'm not sure I'm capable of that. All of a sudden, it would get bigger and bigger. And by the time I went to take the next step, I didn't believe in myself anymore. Have you ever split a board in half? Not on purpose. (laughs) Okay, so... I went to something I was my last book was on life reset and I I went to some uh, woo woo night and it was it was awesome but one of the things they had us do was split a board in half and I watched who was able to split it in half and who wasn't and it was the person whose hand hesitated right as they were getting to it it was like they didn't think they could do it and it it wouldn't break so I went up to that board and I just said I am gonna send this thing flying and I smashed that thing and it flew so high And that's exactly what happens. If you think you're going to hit that wall or you think that that board's not going to break, you're stuck. But if you believe that no matter what, you will find a way, you will find a way. And there is opportunity. You're not done. And, um, you know, my next book, it's called Coming Back, How to Win the Job You Want When You've Lost the Job You Need. And the whole point of that is that if you make up your mind and saying, I'm not done yet, you may find that your greatest success has not even happened yet. I see people who are worried that they will be able to measure up and get something equivalent to what they did before. What if something better is out there? Make up your mind. Just go for it. Sooner or later, you will break through. That make up your mind part is such a huge key. I talk to people all the time who are like, well, I'm afraid of choosing the wrong niche or I'm trying to find my one purpose, but I have all these things, or I don't really have any one big thing that I'm super interested in. And what I come back to often is I am a very multi-passionate person, so I struggled with this as well. When I was trying to figure out what my so-called purpose was, I could have gone in like 15 different directions. And what I started to realize is that I can't really choose wrong if I'm choosing from my own passions and desires. 
And I might get into the work and realize I want to pivot lanes a little bit. That doesn't mean that I chose wrong. That's something that I could only know from experience. So what I choose today might not be what my whole career ends up being, but I'm going to learn things in this next choice that I need to know to get to the next step and then the next step. And as long as I'm willing to stay flexible and to self-reflect and watch the signs that the universe brings me be open to opportunity, then I'm going to get closer and closer to that path. But that's another mistake that I used to make was just having this analysis paralysis where I'd get so caught up in the choosing that I would never actually choose, which would build more of a self-belief that I wasn't going to get anywhere because that's the only evidence that I had is that I am the type of person that doesn't take action. Well, and the I totally agree with you. And we, we also have to remind ourselves it's not about the job. It was never about the job. It's about the big picture of who we are. So we're going to try things. Sometimes they will work and sometimes they won't. And sometimes you think you're going to fail and you may fail. But the next thing, it's going to lead you to something better because every bad thing that's ever happened to me has led me to something better. And you just go with it and learn and grow as a human being. So when I quit my job to write that first book and it was getting rejected, at least I knew I was learning something and trying something. And when you start to look at your life as a collection of experiences that are growing you as a human being, it, you start to realize it's not about the job. It's about the time you have here on earth and how you are using it to deep yourself as a good human being. And I, Melissa, I hear that's what you're doing. That's it. You've got the big picture. So when you start thinking, my career's in trouble and what am I going to do? Well, okay, you got a problem. You're going to deal with it. You're going to take the next step, but you're not going to surrender and have a horrible year because you've got a bad issue. You make the best out of what you have and find other things in your life that you treasure and value so that you get through the obstacles and then grow into a stronger, more resilient human. I find it interesting that people often talk about their careers as if it's its own path. It's like, okay, my career got derailed or my career is tanking or whatever it is. But one thing that's really shifted for me as an entrepreneur is the way that I view the idea of a career because so much of it is basically what I'm building on my own. It's so wrapped up in my personal growth. And I get that part of that is because of the path that I took because I was really mindful in choosing this path, even choosing podcasting over blogging or video because that felt more aligned. And in creating the idea for this podcast, I asked myself, what am I endlessly curious about? What do I always want to learn, even if I'm not getting paid for it? And it's topics like these. I was already reading these books. I was already watching documentaries. So this path is really entangled into who I am and who I want to become. But I wonder what would happen if everyone shifted that and stopped looking at their career as its own journey separate from them and started looking at it as, well, this is my professional growth. This is how I'm choosing to grow and learning to serve other people and learning to take my past experience and my skills to better the world. And whatever job that you're in, then it's never really derailed. It just might shift. It might move tracks a little bit because you're constantly growing and nothing ever really sputters out if you're looking at it that way. Right. That's exactly right. Well, I, I just think I have a lot of perspective on this because I had a really amazing and wonderful mother. 
And when she was 66, she had a stroke that paralyzed her. And then 10 years later had Alzheimer's. So she suffered for basically 20 years of her life. And from that, I learned we do not have the luxury of wasting a minute of our life being miserable. We need to use what we've got when we've got it. And also, I should say that through all of her illness, she had the most positive attitude because she wasn't going to waste what she had either, which was surviving that stroke. She knew she had a second chance. Even though she was paralyzed, she had this gratitude. But it, it made me even more aggressive about seizing the value of every single day. And all these people who through COVID have said, oh, 2020, 2020 is a terrible year. And I just think, who gave you the luxury of throwing a year away? So what are you learning in this? And when you have career challenges and career joys and all of it, that's just a part of you. It's just one piece of who you are. Plus, to give so much power to the concept of a year, 2020 is just so interesting. Yeah. We were chatting before this, and you were saying everyone assumes 2021 is going to be this fresh start. But really, a fresh start is a mindset thing. It's a fresh start. It's the same as yesterday. Why not have your fresh start be right now if that's what you need? If you need some symbolic fresh slate where none of this has happened... Just choose it to be now. The only thing fresh about it is your mindset going into it, is choosing not to bring in the baggage from before. So why not now? Why live another day with that baggage when you know you have the option to wipe the slate clean? So it's a good reminder that we have more power than we often think we do. And so often we're focusing on these things outside of ourselves, making excuses why we're not moving forward in our lives. But what if this is the universe giving you these things to give you that extra push or to help you hone your skills even more or even to force you to think outside of the box? Right, because it could be pushing you to something really phenomenal. And this whole thing about I'm going to wait and I'm going to be unhappy until X, Y, or Z, you just start it. You know, I mean, how many people do you know who gained weight during the whole COVID experience, right? A lot of people got what do they call it, the quarantine 15 and the COVID 20. And, and then they beat themselves up because they've gained weight. Well, I am really, really an expert at losing weight. You know why? Because I'm an even bigger expert at gaining it all back. Right? And the thing that I know about it and that I've learned is if you just start, you feel better. So you can sit there and say, oh, my God, I need to lose 20 pounds or 40 pounds or 100 pounds. I don't care what the number is. And you can make yourself feel so bad because you have so much to do. But if you just say, you know, I'm just going to eat right for a couple of days here, you get started and you feel better. And I've got this thing. I bought it years ago. And, and for those of you at home, I suggest you Google this so you get the image. Look up five-pound fat replica because I have one. And it's this giant piece of fake fat and it's five pounds and it's huge, right? And so every time I think, oh my God, I have to lose weight. Well, you look at that five pound fat replica and you know, if you just lose five pounds, that's going to make a big difference. And you can lose five pounds in three weeks. So it's things are not as bleak as we do that to ourselves. We just need to get started. And it's not just about your weight. It's just a metaphor 
for everything else is take the first step and don't delay it. Decide you deserve to be happy right now, today, because you can't. You can't. It's If you're not, if you're delaying it, that's your choice. I choose to find something wonderful I can do every day so that it's meaningful and I'm enjoying my life. And, you know, the self-esteem thing is so powerful in so many people's lives. And I think I got very, very blessed when in my early books, I interviewed all of these trailblazing women for their mentoring wisdom. And one of the first interviews I did was the with uh, Christine Fugel Hughes, who was the founder of Nature Sunshine Vitamins. And that was a company that she started with $150 and an idea. And she had seven kids, no college degree. And that company makes over 500 million bucks a year. And I said, wow, that's so impressive. So what's your leadership style? She says, well, I get up in the morning and I go to the closet and I try to find something to fit me because I'm overweight. And then I go out in the world and just do the best I can. And I, I said, but wait, I, I just read this article about you and you have all this success and you have all these homes and, and you have everything that anybody with a career is aspiring to get. And you still are mean to yourself? And she goes, yeah. And so then I started asking every single trailblazer that I interviewed about their self-esteem and found out that almost universally, these people who were super high performers still had self-esteem issues. And that was when I got rid of my self-esteem issue. It's very true. I've got really good self-esteem where I didn't before. And it's because I realized what BS that is. I mean, we do that to ourselves. We make ourselves feel less than or powerless because we will say meaner things to ourselves than we would say to a complete stranger or somebody that we can't even stand. And so when you are saying these negative things to yourself, that is impacting not only your success. I mean, obviously it's going to bring you down from that, but it's making you enjoy your life even less. And you have to learn to say to yourself, well, I don't believe you for saying that negative voice in my head. You know, just talk to it. Say, shut up. You're wrong. And start to, to love yourself for who you are, where you are. And I keep bringing a body image. I don't, I don't know why I'm on that today, but a very dear friend of mine used to always complain about her weight and she thought her breasts were too big and she complained and complained and complained and then got breast cancer and would have done anything to have that overweight body with the big boobs that was so healthy. And I always say, if you are healthy, a healthy body is a perfect body. So that when the negative starts and you say, oh man, I, I gained a few pounds now. You say a healthy body is a perfect body. And you, you shut up that negative voice and you learn to do your affirmations, whether you're talking about body image or your intelligence or where your career is, because you have to live your life in the big picture. You are a human being. You are not a job title. You're a human being. So what are you doing to make yourself love yourself more? Because you can do that. And the more you love yourself, the more successful you will be. I can guarantee that. I am a firm believer that the way you experience yourself determines the way you experience the world. So when I notice that I'm being really critical of myself, during those periods, I also tend to be more critical of other people. And when I'm resisting things that are going on in my life, I also tend to resist my dreams. But the more that I can practice finding acceptance or flow with whatever life throws at me, whether it's my own internal voice or I'm dealing with an outside crisis, if I can practice that acceptance and releasing and being okay with what is, it gives me a whole different perspective on how to move forward. So we build these beliefs because we 
talk ourselves out of doing all these things. And then our actions reinforce the beliefs that we can't get better in our career or we can't make positive changes to our health because we're not doing anything about it. So that's the only evidence that we have. So I love your idea of just taking that first step. And whether it's Googling trends in your industry or starting to explore other hobbies to maybe open yourself up to other paths that might be more fulfilling. But for those people that are just starting to do this work and they're starting to look into ways that they can level up their skill set, say you currently have a job. Do you make this known to your boss? Or do you just let it shine through your new skills? So do you kind of drop, hey, I'm taking this course because it's going to be good for your company? Or do you just pop back in with the skills? Like, what is the best route to show that you're trying to be a valuable player? Well, okay, for one thing, if you want to be a valuable player, you have to let them know you want that. I am always amazed by the number of people who will not tell their bosses what they want to do and ask what they need to do to track in that direction and make it happen. So if, if you want something, make it clear that you want it. And then also as you're doing this, say, you know, it's really easy to say, you know, I'm doing this class in innovation that MIT has done and I learned blah, blah, blah. You just drop it in. You, certainly we drop into conversations that we've taken trips to Italy. Why not drop into the conversation something you read that's interesting and that, forward good articles on that to show that you're current and keeping up with it. Well, thank you so much for all the information you've given us today. I know it's going to be really helpful because a lot of people are derailed right now, whether their careers have fallen off track, they've gotten laid off, or just everything that's going on has caused them to reevaluate what they're doing with their lives. So for listeners who are interested in learning more about you and your new book, and I know you have a giveaway, so where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Okay, fawngermer.com. Uh, the giveaway, I'm going to send that link to you. And also, if you need to go, uh, otherwise, do fawngermer.com forward slash giveaway. And that I've got two crash courses, one on how to recharge your career during COVID, and the other is on taking the next step. So do that. And if you all need speakers, you know, I always am looking for that. So I just am really wishing everybody the best of luck, because this is a great time, a great moment for opportunity. Don't give up. Don't give in. All of the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash x33. So your challenge for this week is to try to learn a new skill, whether it's within your own career to level up a little bit, or maybe you know you have an interest in another area, but you've been too afraid to make the leap. So often we make things a big decision when they don't really need to be. Look back at your life. A lot of things are a series of small decisions. And so, of course, if you have this desire to switch tracks, to move to a new career, and you are later on in life or you've invested a lot in your old career, it's going to seem like this big move. But even if you did choose to make that move, that big move is still a series of smaller moves. And making some of those smaller moves now, first of all, make the barrier to entry a lot lower. And second of all, when you've made a few of them, then you've already chipped away at that big decision and suddenly each decision thereafter seems smaller and smaller. 
And you might learn something along the way. Maybe this isn't the path that you want to take. Maybe it draws you towards another area that you never even considered before. But there are always things that you can do now to level yourself up. And as you do that, you gain even more confidence to make some of those moves to create the life that you actually want to wake up for. So thank you so much to all of my premium members. I love you the most just hands down. That's just how it is. (laughs) If you are not yet a premium member and you're listening to this and want to become one, go to mindlove.com slash premium. You get twice the episodes plus monthly meditations and other bonuses. Plus, if you haven't noticed, no ads in the episodes. So as always, thanks for giving your mind a little love today and I'll see you next time.